Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the digital resource curator for Faith to Go. And I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the youth missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And welcome back to the podcast, everybody, for this week leading up to October 16th. We'll Seems be impossible. about Proper 24. Halloween is a mere three weeks away the from this day. The middle of October. Yeah, that's weird. Okay. Mm. I mean, we're we're recording this before then, but it feels weird to talk about the middle of October, mm. and we're not that far away from it. Well, we hope you're having a great October, everyone. Uh, we hope you're having a good fall season, wherever you might be experiencing it. If you're experiencing it in San Diego, thank God it's getting cooler, because mm-hmm. it's been so hot. I know. And, and I, David, I think that I need to ask you a question. Yes. David... You know, as we always do, we like to check in with each other about where we have seen or felt God moving in our life or noticed God's absence. And so I'm wondering, is there a place this week that you have felt God moving in your life? Yes, I do have one. Okay. Because uh, you got two weeks, you went two weeks in a row. I did, because you know? I'm a good so human. I've had a lot of time to think about it. I have been helping to fill in for Colin and Laurel Matthewson at St. Luke's in North Park of the, as they've been on sabbatical. And they just got back uh, yesterday, uh, this past Sunday. And so that was great for them to be back. And it meant that Hannah Wilder, who's been my uh, partner so there fun. in ministry, that Hannah and I uh, had our last, officially, like last service there as congregational renewal leaders. So yesterday, they uh, gave us a big celebration send off. Thank you for our time there. Which was great. And so, I mean, I had a lot of God sightings in the moment. Because, like, afterwards we had a lot of food. And people got up uh, and said nice things about us, which was fun. And they gave us presents and things. Um, But the experience, the specific thing I wanted to share about was this experience that I've had one other time um, when I left another church uh, that I had been working at in Tallahassee, actually. I was only Mm -hmm. there for, like, one year because it was in between my second and third year of seminary and I was there doing like a full year full-time internship Uh, and it was this it's called Grace Mission Episcopal Church in Tallahassee and they still live in my heart all those people Mm. that are there I love them all Um, and it really like impacted me as a human and it was like such an important crazy time in my life to be there with everyone but the whole congregation is is unhoused people and like people that are really struggling and I was struggling at the time. And so it was like amazing to be there with that group of people. But that's the, that when I left that church to go back to seminary, that my, my last Sunday at part of the service, uh, at the end of the service, everyone got up and circled around me and laid hands on me mm. to like bless, send, you. bless me and send me off. And so that happened, um, Again on Sunday, so Colin and Laurel invited everyone to get up. And, you know, St. Luke's has, like, that huge space in the middle Mm -hmm. because they moved all the pews out of the middle, and so the pews are kind of in this, like, U-shape. And so Hannah and I stood in the middle of that, and everyone got up, and, you know, like, there's just, like, a bunch of hands, like, on our shoulders and stuff. And so I had the same experience this time as last time, and the thing that sticks with me that I – that like the God feeling for me is like the, how heavy it is, how Mm -hmm. like the physical weight of people, that many people putting their hands on you. And, um, I don't know how to describe it really, but like the best way I can 
I can verbalize it is like it is the feeling of like that the community is like is giving me something that I'm going to carry with me forever. And, and I like feel physically feel the weight of that. Mm. It's like hopes and expectations and gratitude and, and sadness. And it's like the, like a physical embodied weight of all those things that they're, that I'm carrying with me now, you know, from them that they've given me. And, um, so that was how I experienced God this week was just in the weight of that I carry with me from those places and that that like liturgical like embodied action of mm-hmm. of laying hands and praying. And I like it a lot. I don't I'm not like a huge like laying out of hands healing person. I wish everybody could see your eyebrows go up while you <laughs> say that. But this kind of laying out of hands, this kind of like like community blessing mm-hmm. sending like it, it really is like you have you're carrying with you now a responsibility like to this place even if you never went back you are like carrying them in your heart with you and you are responsible for that like you're mm-hmm. you you carry a weight into the world from that place you know and so i just am so grateful for that i still can feel it on my shoulders you know i can still feel it from grace mission in tallahassee from seven years ago you know, wow. I, I can like still feel what it was like for that, for that, for that moment. So anyway, I carry, I carry them with me. I carry them in my heart. So I, that was my God sighting. I love it. For this week. And as always, we would always love to hear from you. You can send us uh, your God sighting mm-hmm. and that can be where you, it was easy to feel God's presence in your life, a consolation or when it was really hard, a desolation. Uh, you can send us any and all of those uh, observations from your life of reflecting on where God is moving. You can also send us any of your, qu- your questions or stories or comments uh, from your faith discussion and reflection about the gospel this week. You can find all those ways of getting in contact with us listed in the description for this podcast episode. And so now we're going to move on to our gospel discussion, Charlotte and I. We're going to be talking about Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. It's proper 24 in year C. Charlotte's going to read it, and then I will give some context, and then we'll each share a point. Jesus told his disciples a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, Grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused, but later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice, so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says, and will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Okay, uh, here we are, beginning of chapter 18 in Luke's Gospel. Um, we've got about five more weeks after this, I think, until um, Advent, which will be the end of our, you know, kind of like slow movement through the middle of Luke's Gospel. And then the Advent will start the next liturgical year. So proper 29 is the last year of your C. 
uh, the last year of this liturgical year. So we've got, yeah, five more, five more weeks or so. Um, so we are just one, we just skipped over one uh, story since last week. Last week we were in the beginning of chapter 17, and chapter 17 is actually not that long. So Jesus has a little part where, a pretty significant section of the end of chapter 17 where he's talking about the kingdom of heaven. It's the time where he's saying, you know, one Two people will be working in the field, and one will be taken, and, and one, one will be left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then we transition into this, Luke chapter 18. And so we're going to hear a couple things from Luke chapter 18 to this week, next week. So we have a parable this week. We have a parable next week. So we've got a lot of parables going on in this mid middle section, a lot of like healing stories and a lot of teaching. And we're still in that you know region between Galilee and Jerusalem. You know, Jesus going to all these villages and things like that. Mm. So that's where we are. And Charlotte has the first point. I do. I do. Um, I am talking about what we hear right at the very beginning of this section, um, where Jesus, what Jesus told the parable about. And he says it right at the beginning. Jesus does not always explain what the parables are really and truly about. Sometimes we are supposed to infer it ourselves. But at the beginning of this one, it says that this parable is about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. And I like that. Mm -hmm. Certainly it speaks to me. I also struggle a little bit with how this parable tells us that. Um, But I want to think about it and I want to process it with you a little bit. I consider myself to be a good prayer. I pray a lot. Um, It is the first thing I do every single morning. Um, And I do it, it, you've heard me say it's a walking prayer. So like I just pray as I'm walking my dogs two miles in the morning. And I have people that I pray for consistently and things that I pray about consistently. And then I also just spend some time noticing Um, what comes into my head and what's going on in the world around me as I travel um, and use that as my my movement prayer. But then I also, I keep a note in my phone of things that I want to pray about. Um, Prayer is an integral part of my life, even if it is, thank you, God, amen, right before I'm going to eat my lunch. You know, it is just kind of part of how I live and move in this world. And yet, I very rarely pray for myself. I was thinking about that as I was processing this parable. And I think that some of it is that oftentimes it's easier to be more outwardly focused than inwardly focused. And that going to God with the things that are on my heart about me can feel needy or greedy. Um, Sometimes they can feel insufficient. Um, that maybe I don't need to be going to God with that because there are other things that are so much bigger and more important than what it is that's weighing on me that day, what I'm struggling with. And so I set them aside. Mm-hmm. I set aside my own um, needs and don't want to bother God with them. I don't know if anybody ever feels that way. Bother God. I love that. You know, I don't know that if anybody else ever feels that way about not wanting to bother God with things. And that is certainly our own stuff and not God's stuff. And I think that that's part of what I'm hearing in this is that invitation to relationship, which I think a lot is a lot of what Jesus does over the course of his ministry is what does it look like to be in relationship with God? Um, And 
a real and true relationship? And what does it look like to follow Christ? And how do we do that? And I think that a lot of times what Jesus is offering us in things is a deeper and truer way to be, both in relationship with each other and and in relationship with God. And one of those ways is this invitation to pray and not to lose heart, to bring all of those things to God and to lay them at God's feet, Um, not because you're looking for a magic wand or a solution to whatever problem it is that you are facing. I can vividly remember being a child just popped into my head and really having not prepared for a test and really offering a prayer that I was going to do okay on that test or that there wasn't going to be a test. And I think as <laughs> children that we are much more vulnerable in that way of like owning our own shortcomings and being like, um, excuse me, can I get some help here? Because I really messed up and I don't see a way out of it for myself. So help God, please. Mm-hmm. Um, I did pass that test, by the way, but I didn't get an A. Um <laughs> But all of that to say that I think that what I hear in this is that it's that connection that we're being offered through that prayer and not losing hope and not feeling unworthy or that what we need isn't grand enough or horrible enough that it deserves God's attention. Because God wants to walk with us through all of it, through the goods and the bads and the muck and the times that we have royally messed up. And if I jump all the way to the end, well, almost the end, and it says, will he delay long in helping them? Because I really struggled with that part because I'm like, well, is that that invitation to that magic wand place of like, God's going to fix all my problems? But I think that there, that help comes through that relationship and that connection, that comfort certainly comes that way of knowing that I don't walk alone. Um, and that whatever it is that I am struggling with or that I am processing, that I have someone to be with me in it. And perhaps there is an opportunity there to be vulnerable in a way that you cannot be with other people in your lives. That some of those things that feel like they are too much to say to anybody else in this world, um, that maybe you can say them to God. And then maybe they aren't as heavy to carry anymore if you have said them aloud to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that, I think that like, that transitions well to my point because you're you're talking about like how important it is. No, I guess advocate for yourself is is not quite the term I'd use, for, but it is kind of that. It is kind of like you know, like advocate, like knowing enough, caring enough about yourself, loving yourself enough to bring everything you have and you know advocate for your for your own needs and desires and hopes you know because i think and it's not that there's anything wrong with us with us if we don't do that Mm -hmm. i think it's like a natural kind of cultural thing to like it's kind of like this this fake kind of humility that culturally we're supposed to have of like oh i don't have any needs i don't need anything i'm just here to help i'm just here to help you are I'm you leaning fine. into my Enneagram twoness I'm, right now? <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> and so it does take like courageous, vulnerable energy then to pray for ourselves and what we need and like make room for ourselves, you know. So that's that's an important part of this, I think, like you're saying. And then I think there's another layer which which to me is encapsulated in this in the way Jesus ends this thing, which like kind of 
it's it's kind of cool because in his Jesus parable teaching roundabout way, he's almost like undermining his own story um, with this last question. So that he tells this whole thing about like someone like being persistent and not losing, not being weary, you know, and not giving up and like fighting for themselves and fighting for justice. And then they, then the, the person with the, that can give them the justice gives them the justice, you know, and Jesus is like, and so if you just keep asking, like, you think God will delay? God loves God, obviously, more than this person, and God loves people, and of course you're going to, like, God will, God will grant justice to those who, it says, God, will not God grant justice to the chosen ones who cry day and night? And then, and yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? So it's like, what? That really throws me through a loop because I think this is about, I think this action that he's describing is the act of faith. It is the perseverance in the face of injustice to never give up, keep going, that that is faith. And yet he's saying, if, will, there, will I find any faith on earth? Even if you do this, apparently that's not faith to Jesus. I don't understand that. This doesn't make any sense to me. But then I'm thinking about this in, like, in light of the, of the parables that we've heard from Jesus recently. You know, and it was actually two weeks ago, I think I said it was last week, but two weeks ago that, that we had the faith like a mustard seed, right? And then uh, last week was the 10 lepers and one of them coming back and giving thanks. And then Jesus says, and your faith has healed you. Just to that one, though, you know, uh, that comes back and gives, comes back to Jesus and gives gives thanks and feels gratitude. And then the one before that was about, like, the we talked about the parable that preceded the faith like a mustard seed, you know, that kind of informs that. And so what was that about? That was about forgiving, you know, seven times in the same day to the same person. Um, and the, 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 the disciples were like, well, if we're going to do that, we're going to need, like, way more faith than we have. And Jesus is like, well, if you had just have the faith like a mustard seed, you can do impossible things. You know, and though this seems impossible, it means you can do that. So I'm just thinking, like, there's a difference, apparently, for Jesus between this faith and justice as described here. And it, and it seems like, based on what we've heard in chapter 17, uh, the conversations around faith are all about relationships, that faith is a thing that happens when we're in relationship to one another. And that we see that in the forgive me, forgiving over and over and over again. That's an act of faith. That kind of relationship is an act of faith. And then it's, made, and it's pretty clear in the leper's story that giving thanks, gratitude, that like returning to Jesus and giving thanks was an act of faith. And so, because this wasn't the original act of asking Jesus for healing, that was the act of faith, because everybody got healed. Everyone got cleansed, right? Their leprosy was gone. But returning giving thanks was an act of faith, apparently, that healed this person. So then, to me, then, like, we've had all these, again, thinking about the clumping of themes, like this, we've had some themes about power. I think we've talked about power a number of times. And, like, that if this story is about power and about how, like, in the end, the power differential between the two people in the parable isn't actually changed by justice happening, right? 
Like the woman, uh, this woman, this widow has very little power in this cultural setting. And the judge has the most power. I mean, this judge can at a whim decide whether this person gets what they need or not, right? That's a lot of power to have. And that's like a very visible kind of power. And like, and so I'm just, I'm struck by like this, Jesus tells this parable where like this person fights and fights and fights and doesn't give up and keeps asking for justice. Justice is given, right? But the power doesn't change. Their relationship to one another isn't affected at all because <laughs> because it's not i think that's why the judge says to himself the thing that he says that you were pointing out in the beginning which is like jesus sets it up that this person does not fear god or does not have respect for people then they have this the widow and the judge have this whole interaction this woman's constantly coming back please give me justice give me justice give me justice and then the i think it's important to jesus for the guy to say I still don't fear God <laughs> and I still don't respect people mm-hmm. even though those things are true just so everyone knows. Yes. This woman has not changed my relationship to God or people. I want to make that clear, but I will give her what she wants. Mm-hmm. I still don't like her. <laughs> I still don't fear God. Maybe he likes her. He just doesn't she care can, about her. <laughs> I have total disregard for her, mm-hmm. but I'll give her justice. I'll I'll defend her in this in this manner. Mm-hmm. Right, and so I think then Jesus is saying, well, if 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 justice, if this, if if people get, if like this kind of justice is given, but their power differential in relationship doesn't change, has anything really happened? Mm-hmm. You know, like has the world become vastly different? Has the kingdom of God gotten somehow closer because of this interaction? And I think the line at the end, the, the implied answer is no. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Has this judge any more faith than he did before? You know, like, the judge has not been changed. And the woman's position in the world has not been changed. She's just gone back to where she was before this person was accusing her of a thing. You know, so, like, before the injustice, she's still vulnerable. Mm -hmm. You know, she still doesn't have power in the same way that the judge has power. So I think Jesus is, is pushing on us and asking us, like, to recognize the difference between justice and faith and that recognizing that faith is inherent, like an inherent kind of quality of faith is that it is relational, you know, that it's found in relationship like you were talking about with God and also with one another. Mm -hmm. That that, That faith is like a prerequisite for depth of relationship. Because like you were talking about, it takes an act, the act of faith is going out on the limb, being the vulnerable, courageous, open-hearted to approach God and ask for things. And then forgiveness is vulnerable and courageous. Mm -hmm. You know, like admitting we've wronged someone is vulnerable and courageous. Um, And so, and so I'm just like, yeah, I, I think it's, it's interesting to think that Maybe both things can be true. That like, yes, God is working through people in the world for justice to be done, for people to be defended. And yet there is still, re- we, we are still on the hook for the relationship part of faith, which is to balance out the power differentials in the world through relationships with one another. So that 
if we go, if we, if, if like people are advocating for themselves and we're advocating for others, you know, and people get what they need to survive and power differentials haven't changed, then Jesus is like, is there faith on earth? Mm-hmm. Is there faith on earth? And we see, we can see this a lot. I mean, there's like a high profile sports story right now about this, the Phoenix Suns and this whole investigation that happened in the Suns organization where they found this kind of like rampant workplace environment, like terrible workplace environment with sexism and racism all coming from the owner of the team, Robert Sarver. And the league just like suspended him for a year. But it wasn't until like people started, like players and other people in the ownership group started like openly fighting for more, for actual justice to happen for him to be removed as the owner that he said that he was going to sell the team. The NBA didn't make him sell the team, but he, because of the pressure for him to remove himself, said he was going to sell the team. But guess what? He's still going to make a billions of dollars. Mm. You know, he's still going to have a ton of power in the world. So like justice might have been done, but has power changed? And answer the first question is yes and the answer to the second question is no because he still holds so much power in the world that he can wield in whatever way he want he wants you know so like relationally that the idea that like just just as being done is not the same as relationships being changed you know that power hasn't been transformed and so we, we see this, I think, a lot with like really high-profile things, politicians or, or wealthy people. It's like, yes, people might be, justice might be done, they might be removed from their position, but have they been changed in any way? Like, has relationship changed in the world? Has power differentials, have power differentials changed? No. And so I think that that's, that's what Jesus is asking us, is like, there's, there's something more about like faith asks more of us because that relational change is like takes it feels impossible it feels like a tree uprooting itself and jumping into the sea it feels like it's too much um but that is the expectation i think that like faith will lead us to that and so those are our two points for today uh so number one was charlotte's talking about you know this advocating for the self the openness the vulnerability and courage to to pray for what you need to keep bringing to keep in, you know deepening that relationship with god through vulnerability and and courageous acts of asking of coming back over and over again uh no matter how big or small your things might seem and number two is mine is this difference that it seems like Jesus is highlighting here between justice and faith, that like acts of justice, people can be um, defended and avenged. Those are some of the ways you might, you might translate this word uh, in Greek. But that's not the same as like as power being changed in the world. That's not the same as people being um, equalized, this kind of egalitarian view of, of people's freedom and, and ability to make choices for themselves. And we would always love to hear from you. What would your third point have been? What do you think about the about hearing two times that the judge doesn't fear God or have any regard for people? It's so what harsh. a great guy. <laughs> um, uh, we'd love to hear also any of your questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion or reflection. We'd also love to hear any of the places you felt or saw, saw God's movement in the world or when it was hard to, f- to see or feel God's movement in the world. 
you can uh, get in contact with us and send us those things and all of the ways uh, that are listed in the description for this podcast episode. That's text messages through the website. You can leave a voicemail. You can contact us on Instagram. Uh, you can email us. So we'd love to hear from you. We will be back next week uh, to talk about Proper 24 for October 23rd. And until then, we say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. everybody.